Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, my dear friends. Thanks for joining us today for today's episode of Everyday Truth. We've got uh, a bunch of verses to cover today, so I do want to jump right into it. We're in Jeremiah chapter 27. Jeremiah, excuse me, Jeremiah has been preaching to the ambassadors that have gathered for some of the neighboring countries, and he's telling them, when, he, when you go home, uh, tell, your, tell your leadership that they need to submit to this Babylonian onslaught. Why? Because I, God, I, God, am in control, and Nebuchadnezzar is but my servant. And if you'll submit, then you'll be able to stay in your land and it won't be easy, but you'll live and you'll be able to farm and this too shall pass because I have Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. I've got it in a certain time frame and there's coming a day when when he's going to be destroyed too. So kind of take your medicine. And if you don't, know that bad things will happen. And this message, by the way, is not just for you guys It's also for you, King Zedekiah. It's for you, the leader of my people. And judgment must begin at the house of God. And if this is a message for the neighboring countries, how much more is is this a message for God's own people? And that's the point that Jeremiah makes. Look at verse number 13, where Jeremiah goes on to speak. He's saying to Zedekiah, why will you die? Thou and thy people by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence, as the Lord as the Lord has spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon. So it's a question of incredulity. Like Zedekiah, just do what God tells you to do. Just submit. Why would you die in these awful and heinous ways? I mean, you're not going to win. Just understand there are grave consequences to disobedience. Verse number 15, or verse number 14, therefore hearken not unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. So, or ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, Jeremiah says, for they prophesy a lie unto you. So Zedekiah, just as I've told these other ambassadors not to listen to their religious leaders, uh, these diviners and these sorcerers and these dreamers and uh, their own false prophets. Well, Jerusalem was full of prophets. Some were good, like last chapter, Uriah or Micah or Jeremiah himself. Most were bad. And during Zedekiah's reign, most of the prophets just told people what they wanted to hear. Why? Because that kept them in office and that kept them popular. And what Jeremiah said is don't listen to them. If their message is opposite to the message I'm telling you, don't listen to them. The word of God needs to be the the, the lens through which you judge all prophecy. Verse number 15, for I have not sent them the Lord. I've not sent them, saith the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name. They say 
that I represent them, or they say that they speak in my name, but I want you to tell you, I do not sp- that I, I did not send them, that I might drive you out, and that you might perish, ye and the prophets that prophesy unto you. Boy, isn't it important that we be careful about the people we allow to influence us? Just because someone can say it eloquently or force forcefully or can represent the majority doesn't mean it's true. So again, we come back to this episode after episode, but we need to make sure that we are only imbibing information that is completely consistent with what we understand the word of God to teach. And that was the message Jeremiah was giving to uh, Zedekiah. Look at verse 16. Also, I spake to the priests and to all this people saying, thus saith the Lord, hearken not to the words of your prophets that prophesy unto you saying, behold, the vessels of the Lord's house shall now shortly be brought again from Babylon for they prophesy a lie unto you. So think about it. The priests were they that did all manner of sacrifice and all the multifarious religious responsibilities that related to the temple and all the vessels of the temple. But remember when Nebuchadnezzar came in his invasions, 605, he took some of the vessels from the house of God, these precious gold pieces. And it talks about that in Daniel chapter one. And then in 597, he took more of the precious things from the house of God. Well, who suffers the most from that? The priests do because they're the ones that handle those vessels. Common men weren't allowed to touch those goblets or touch those those vessels of the temple. Only the priests did. So they were especially saddened by that. And so the prophets, they knew exactly how to play those heartstrings. The prophet said to the priest, oh, just a short time. And all of those precious vessels that were stolen by Nebuchadnezzar are all going to come back. And boy, what priest does not want to hear that message? Of course they want those vessels to come back. Of course they want to be able to worship again like they once did. Uh, Those vessels were precious to them. It's not to say that the priests themselves were even close to God. It's just that they love those, those precious vessels. And the prophets had them in a very vulnerable place. And yet they were lying, telling people what they wanted to hear. Boy, that's a, that's a two-bit salesman that just kind of flatters you. Flattery is what you say to somebody that you know is not true, but it'll get you what you want, right? That's flattery. And that's what these prophets were doing. They were saying things that they knew were not true to get what they wanted. Sometimes people do that behind a pulpit. Sometimes people do that from a political a podium and how, uh, how sad that is. Verse number 17, hearken not unto them. Don't listen to them, said Jeremiah. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Wherefore should this city be laid waste? So now Jeremiah expands his message. He says to Zedekiah, just submit, just yield yourself. Just accept the consequence of the sin of the nation by serving Nebuchadnezzar. And then he says the same thing to the priests. Don't be tempted to listen to these flattering messages from the prophets. Just obey and submit yourself to Babylon. Those vessels aren't coming back anytime soon. Just Get in line, submit yourself, understand that God's in control. 
You priests ought to understand that better than anybody. Verse number 18. But if they be prophets, so so let's put them to this test, says Jeremiah. So if they really are prophets that are saying to you, oh, we know the vessels of the house of God are going to come back. We know that. So if they really are prophets, verse number 18, and if the word of the Lord be with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord, the vessels that are still here and in the house of the king of Judah and at Jerusalem, go not to Babylon. So if they really are prophets, not only will their word come true that vessels are going to come back, but why don't you tell them to take all of their energy and pray that no more vessels are taken? Because what history tells us is that's exactly what happened. Not only were the vessels that were taken not brought back, not not anytime soon, but the vessels that were still there were taken, which is a clear indication that these prophets were liars. Look at verse number 19. For thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, concerning the sea, that's the labor, concerning the bases, the bases, concerning the residue of the vessels that remain in the city. So all the precious things that were left. Here's what the Lord says about all the things that had not yet been stolen. Verse number 20, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took not when he carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, that's back in 597, the second invasion, when the son of Jehoiakim was taken, uh, Jeconiah, Coniah, king of Judah from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yea, thus saith the Lord of hosts, don't miss this, verse number 21, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and of Jerusalem. Okay, the prophets have said the vessels are coming back, but they weren't, not anytime soon. The prophets should have been praying if there really are true prophets, that no more vessels would be taken, but they would. So what does God say about the vessels? Look at the last verse of our chapter, verse 22. They shall be carried to Babylon. No, the the true prophecy, not from a prophet, but from God himself, the true prophecy is that the vessels are gonna be taken away. And there shall and there shall they be until the day that I visit them. Until I bring them back, they're going to stay there. They're going to stay there until I fetch them, saith the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. So don't listen to them. Listen to me. My chastisement, my spankings have a time frame. And you must submit yourself to that time frame. Now, is all of this true? Well, of course it is, because God said so. But how is this true? Now that we are removed from this and we're looking back at this in, in history, did any of this happen? Sure it did. Because in 587, 586, Jerusalem was ultimately destroyed. And all the rest of the vessels that we just read about in verses 19 through 22, they were all taken. They were all taken to the storehouse of Nebuchadnezzar. And none of it came back, not then. Matter of fact, Nebuchadnezzar died in 
uh, Babylon, and they still didn't come back. And Nebuchadnezzar had a son who had a son whose name was Belshazzar. And remember in Daniel chapter number, uh, what is it, six, when Daniel is in the, uh, let me see, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter five, when Belshazzar throws this, throws this big feast for the, for the thousand of his leaders, and in the middle of this drunken feast, he summons the servants to bring the vessels, these vessels, from the house of God. Bring them in here that we may drink from them. And essentially what Belshazzar is doing there is mocking God, saying, see that we are in control. These vessels belong to me. I can do with them whatsoever I will. And they're made of gold and they bring honor to me and let me drink from them. And remember what happened when Belshazzar drank from the vessels of God? The writing came upon the wall, mine, mine, that means numbered, your days are numbered. Tekel, that means, that means weighed, your works have been weighed, you're found wanting in the balance. Uh, you farsen, that means your kingdom is divided, it's taken from you, given to another. And so that writing on the wall, who interpreted it? Daniel did. You know what God was saying? God was saying, I want my vessels back. God says, I'm going to be just as I promised. I'm going to take these vessels out of the hands of these heathen. My servant Nebuchadnezzar has done his job, and now I'm done with that nation. And those vessels will be returned. As a matter of fact, I will decree. And God did this 100 years before Jeremiah. In the prophecy of Isaiah, God said there's going to be a king by the name of Cyrus. He's going to be Persian. He's going to rule the world. He's going to issue a decree that all these vessels be brought back to the house of God and the house of God be rebuilt. So boy, what? how, how much better just to obey God? God was in charge of Cyrus who, who came after Nebuchadnezzar. He was in charge of Nebuchadnezzar. He was in charge of Isaiah and Jeremiah and everybody. The next time you're tempted to just do it your way or to put your shoulders back in bravado like no one tells me what to do, think of this passage and think about the sweet blessings of submission to God. His timetable, the way he does things, it's always the best way. What a great chapter uh, 27 is. We're going to jump into a brand new one next episode, chapter 28. And I hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.